Welcome to the Masters in Motion podcast, where we empower and inspire Masters athletes to reach their full potential. Join us as we delve into the world of CrossFit and showcase the strength, resilience, and determination of Masters athletes. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting your journey, this podcast is dedicated to providing CrossFit news, education, and inspiration because we love this sport. Rick Stevenson, it is episode five of the Masters in Motion. Can you believe we've done five episodes or we're on our fifth episode already? been pretty fun to be honest with you so far and we've yeah had plenty to talk about let's put it that way so much to talk about it's like trying to control a fire hose when we're starting a podcast during the open because this is where you and i really get to geek out and just enjoy this entire season we've got the open now and now we're done with that and we've got quarterfinals we've got semifinals and then we'll be working towards the games this is a content rich season if you're listening and you enjoy our show we, we will have plenty for you don't worry we'll have plenty to talk about so rick this week what you got for us i think both of us were able to participate or take part in some way, shape, or form in Friday Night Lights, and I think most of the community did. It's a great way to finish up and wrap up the Open. I know from our gym here at Black Flag Athletics, we, we were there Friday night to help judge, to cheer everybody on, and then a lot of the competitors did 23.3 on Saturday morning. In the same type of environment, there were still people that were poking their head in and watching and cheering. So it was a great way to wrap it up. I hope that took place across the world as, again, this large event, a lot of people celebrate personal bests. They celebrate first uh, double unders, what else, a first ring muscle up this year, and then they had that PR on a thruster, something like that, or hitting a snatch that you hadn't hit in years. So there was a lot to celebrate around the community, Masters especially. It, this was really probably one of my funnest years going through the Open. I, as a former gym owner, I hosted Friday Night Lights, and there was a lot of, as gym owners, there's a lot of work that goes into that, a ton of work. And there were some parts of that where I was both CrossFit gym owner and CrossFit Games aspirational athlete, and it was just a ton of stress and tension. This year, I was at Go CrossFit in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and this gym just adopted me as part of their family for the Open. It was super exciting to be there for all three workouts especially the last one where there was the time cut the time cap for each person it the way this workout ended up in my heat i'm the last guy going for six additional minutes of the workout and the gym just rallied around in such a way i posted it to my instagram story and it was beautiful they were cheering every 185 pound snatch and I was like, I thought, I actually thought like someone else walked in the door and they were cheering for someone else because it was so That's big, so explosive. You want. Yep. <laughs> it was. That's it. So for me, I, like I would almost rather do an open workout in a controlled environment in the afternoon when I normally work out, have it be focused. I've got my song on, I've got everything set up just the way I like it. And at Friday Night Lights, you can't do that. You just got to choose your heat and you do it. But with the energy that came with, being a part of the community, part of a community, it, that adrenaline, that environment definitely pushed me to put up some scores that I think were were great. And yeah, I PR'd my thruster and I almost hit 225 on that last workout. I was right there. And I was actually mad when I watched the replay of the video. Like, all I got to do is finish my pull and get under that. I was so close, but I'm never retesting that workout. One and done. And that was fun. So absolutely, with the Open, we had four scores this year. What did you think about that? How did you see that shake up the leaderboard? What were your thoughts there? 
trying to be of former gym owner like yourself and all the current affiliate owners, five weeks is just probably a little too long. So the way they have landed on three weeks keeps everybody's interest. But I love the idea of having a fourth score. I think that tends to even some things out. You're trying to be as consistent as possible with all of your performances across those those scores. And so unfortunately, if you have one that maybe isn't the best for you, you have three other scores to help settle that number out. So big fan of three weeks, but the more scores, the better. Are you a fan of having to earn heavy lifts or height? Meaning you've got to put in a lot of work beforehand so that when you get there, you're, you've earned your way to a heavy thruster or you've earned your way to a heavy snatch or yeah. earned your way to yeah. ring muscle-ups. Are you a fan of that? Yes. And I can say that because I didn't earn the heavy snatch in 23-3. And that, that's just where I'm at. But I like the fact that the guys in our age group and the ladies in our age group that were able to hit that third weight rather easily had to do a lot of work and then still were able to do that. And that's some pretty big respect there. And I don't know if it's the right time to get into it, but having a, the single thruster all by itself as a single scored event really pulled the specialists in and skewed a lot of the leaderboards across all of the age groups. Maybe there was another way to do it but I've heard a ton of ideas and I haven't really found one that I think makes a lot of sense yet. Yeah, I think with 23.2, that thruster, we didn't talk a ton about that, the controversies around the, th I guess we did talk a bit about the controversies around the thruster last week a bit, but right. I think the thruster was fun. Yeah, you could sandbag the first part of the workout and be like the, what is it, the Wall Street weightlifter? Wall I don't know if you saw that. Lifter. Yes, <laughs> it's great. This guy can... I don't know how old he is, He's, but he is the strongest human being I've ever seen. To the see leg, him... The leg kick at the end of the hilarious. Come on. Yeah, is that legal? Can you do that? Is that a fair... Is that a rep? Oh or is that a no rep? I'm not I sure, but know. I'm going to give it to him. That's, I'm going to give it to him. Just Yeah, just because it didn't come crumbling down on top of him. <laughs> right. It would have broken me in pieces. Yeah, I don't even think I can hold that much weight overhead. Yeah. But it was an interesting test to have to you were always in that balance of as i was doing those burpees i was in that round of 30 and i'm pushing and pushing but in the back of my mind i know that in one minute i have to do a thruster and i'm about to die right now it's i do i like i'm a fan of that earning that heavy weight but also knowing that i can't sandbag this as a well-rounded athlete you can't sandbag this in order to push a big weight there for us for those that are trying to really go somewhere in the next stage and the following stage but there are definitely some of those specialists that can they can dial back the burpees it's totally fine doesn't matter because they can lift some heavy weights now i am also a fan of okay we have we have a hero here that can do some crazy amazing things on a thruster i love to see what people can actually put up and i think it's amusing and i'm not mad not in like not in an in any kind of animosity just to see someone have the low hundreds on the reps of burpees and shuttle runs, but then put up 300 plus pounds overhead. It's just fun. It's fun to see that. It's fun to see that humans are capable of that, Absolutely. let alone put up high scores on both of those. Yeah. Respect for the age group. Some of the numbers that were put up for both on the men's and women's side from 35 all the way up through, through the sixties, impressive as well. That didn't, we didn't all approach the 300 pound club like the individuals <laughs> did, but the numbers that were put up across the age groups, that's a tip of the cap there. Seriously. I think the sport it, moving in the right direction. 
it, this, what we're doing as masters athletes now in the 35 plus 40, 40, 45, 50 plus, these are what individual athletes were doing 10, 12 years ago, which is just nuts how that sport has evolved. The, the progression is really fun. As we step into this last test, 23.3, when it was announced, and as you started to work, wrap your head around this workout, initial thought? Well-balanced, I think. Again, everybody can participate because it's a movement starting with wall walks that we've seen now for two years in a row. And uh, if you are in the RX and not doing it scaled, you're going to have wall walks in your repertoire. <laughs> I like that. Double unders, that would have been a trivia question. There's two movements in the open that we've seen every single year, one of them being thrusters. And now finally it took us to 23.3, but double unders are the other one. There's only, that's the, those are the only two movements every single year have been in the open. My, and then you have to work sure we've got those. Strict. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You have to work for the strict handstand pushups then. Again, to the new standard, they're always playing with the standard on the handstand pushups. This was just another wrinkle. I'd say the community adjusted well on the fly. As long as your hand, any part of your hand was touching the tape and achieve full lockout, feet on the wall, no other part of your body touching the wall, that's a good rep. I think we're good to go on those. And then progressively heavier snatches. I liked the handstand push-ups. I thought that the wall walk stand, it, it created a simplification. We, we are normally a box to keep your hands in the box, but combining the wall walks and then just saying, here's this 30-inch piece of tape, eight inches away from the wall. Yeah, your hand has to touch it. I initially was nervous. Maybe this was going to be really challenging. And I'll say, and I bet you would agree, that it was slightly more challenging than the previous standard of hands anywhere in this box up to 24 inches off the wall, right? Correct. But right. I think right. because it was only 40 total handstand push-ups, if you got all the way through it, or those first 20, everybody knew that it was just a, you'd have a more aggressive breakup strategy going into that. And I know that I did. I imagined Absolutely. that I would be do sets of fives or sets of fours through that, depending on how I felt. And I did sets of fives. I felt great until I got to 15. And I moved into that last set. I went three and two because I just knew that I was starting to feel fatigued. And if it was a previous standard, I think 20 unbroken would have been in my wheelhouse right there. But when it came down to it, I was able to get my fingers on it. I was very meticulous about making sure a finger or a thumb was on that tape and kicking up. But that was a pretty fun standard. And I, I agree with you that it, it was, again, one of those tests that was interesting and fun and well-balanced because everyone could start out in this workout. Most people time capped at six minutes. But then if we take a look at our age groups, there was some log jams for your age group for 50 plus. The log jam was getting that 185 pound snatch overhead for my age right. group, 45, 49, it was getting the 225 overhead. And yeah, that just thought that was really interesting that it was, it, this is just, it, this is how masters athletes, this is what we feel when we're doing these. We see like, I, at, I'm trying to articulate, this is tough, but I'm 47. And I want to say that when I'm 50, I'll be able to snatch 185 pounds nine times. It's not going to be that big of a deal. But it actually is going to be that big of a deal, and it is going to be challenging. And maybe I'll be able to snatch it, then maybe I won't. But it's age is a reality, and we see the log jams as they go along. Father time is undefeated, right? So that's what they always say. <laughs> yeah. And for the 30 to 30, 35 to 39 year olds, the standard was you were finishing it, and then it just got progressively shorter of a workout, as you would expect, as the weight went up. 
and the de de degree of difficulty stayed the same with the strict handstand push-ups for age categories through 50 to 54. We're able to finish, and that's where, and I'll give CrossFit props this time on how the tiebreaker worked. Instead of having a massive score logjam at our different points along this workout, the tiebreaker worked well and gave everybody a placement because I haven't looked at the all of the results yet, but I there weren't that many ties of tiebreakers. Right. It's exactly what they imagined, I think, is how that worked out. Yeah, and the tiebreaker was, I agree with you, it was great. And I don't know about you, but I cannot find, I can't see anyone else's tiebreak time. That's just in the system. When you put it in there, it's in there. But I, I can't see your tiebreak time. I know that I got well, whatever, fifth. Can you? Not on the app. Okay. Uh, you can see it on the laptop. Absolutely. Okay. You can that see makes sense. Okay. I got to go in and do some digging. So. I got to see where everyone landed because I, it was challenging. Now, one of the things we talked about as we were talking pre-show was the discount that 55 plus age groups got on this. And, you know, we've talked about the reality that every year, every open, there's typically a bit of a discount in the workouts at 55 plus. That's always the age group that gets, they start making some changes on this one. In the open, on this one, what were your thoughts on this? Because you were telling me some things about this that were pretty interesting pre-show. If you look at the numbers again, it's a, a much more of a race than the other age groups, just because I'd say those middle age groups from 40 to 54, it was not as much of a race because of the progressively heavy weights. When you got to 55, the weight discounts and then the ability to do kipping handstand push-ups gave the men and women there the ability to finish the entirety of the workout and a great number of them did and that's a tip of the cap to those men and women who were able to do that i and it's not nothing against their the discounts that they were given i just would uh crossfit to maybe more appropriately change some of the workouts if they're trying to achieve the same stimulus and i know you wanted to get into that by making yeah. everybody race. Do you want people to race or do you want people to get stopped out? Because it's a very different feeling and a very different workout. It is. It's similar to when you're coaching the workout Fran with a group class. Fran should be somewhere in that three to five minute mark. That's the stimulus of the workout. That's the time frame it should be done. And if you give someone a discount and they get Fran done in a 90 seconds, they didn't really get the stimulus of the workout. Or if it takes someone nine minutes, it's a very different stimulus as well. And it definitely feels when someone can get through this entire workout at 55 plus in nine minutes or so, maybe the top score is somewhere around there. No one in the 50 to 54 year old or if, or if anyone, but very few got into or got through the 185 pound snatch, their time capping. It's a different workout. And like you said, it's a race in one age group or 55 plus where before below that, it's just hang on for dear life and let's see how deep we can get into this workout. Very different stimulus. And we've seen this uh, historically a little bit in the open. We've seen it a bit in quarterfinals, a bit in semifinals. We talked about last year's snatch workout in our semifinals, where for me, the snatch workout was how heavy can you lift for your age group? It was a 50 plus. It was how fast can you get through these cycled snatches? A very different. Because yeah. the weight was so much lighter than yours. Absolutely. And if we want to provide any feedback to CrossFit on that, I think the feedback would just be the discounts. Were the discounts tested to the as as much as maybe they should have been? Again, with that idea that the stimulus, that's really what we're getting at. And again, it's you have the two age group categories on either end of the curve. You have the 30, 39s and then you have the 55 and up. 
you had races on both ends there to finish the workout. And then you had this gray no man's land for both right. men and women in those middle ages where it was a very different test than either end. So right. you're looking for that sweet spot and you just wonder how many how many age appropriate tests are they doing before they release this. Maybe they aren't. I don't know. No one ever yep. no one ever has that information for you. <laughs> No, it was a. It, I loved it. I, I loved the workout. I loved how quick and swift it was. What were your thoughts on your effort from this workout? Just tell us what was in your head. What was your experience like? I'm sure we can all relate in our own unique ways to to your yeah. experience. But what was your experience in this workout? Me personally, I think a couple episodes back, you had given your pick of the week was your new rope. I was moving a into the rope that you were leaving. So I was, I have been practicing the last few months with RPM rope. And I saw, I knew, you knew double unders were coming this week. I've been working on it, working with it. Don't think it's the right length, but I saw double unders. I was like, here's our test. It's the open. Let's get it done. I, I knew where the 185 snatch was relative to my one rep max and it was close. And so I thought if I was going to get there, there might not have been a good chance I was even going to attempt it because of how close it was to that and how fatigued I'd be. I was really pleased to get through the 20 strict handstand pushups in the number of sets off the, with the new rope, the, all three sets of 50 double unders unbroken, which to me is a win. I'll take it and then get stopped at it, stopped out at the 185 bar. That's how it went for me. Overall, pretty pleased given my ability and my levels. That's, that's all I can ask for. I could say that your effort was adequate adequate at the very least in the sense that you're sitting in seventh place in the world right now in the open which is a good spot we'll talk about the open versus quarterfinals and semifinals in a second i'll share briefly my experience of the workout and similar to you i had been playing with ropes and i do really enjoy the rpm uh, the the rx what do i have what rope do i have the rx smart gear it's really good stuff it's a good rope i did go with a slightly longer version of the rope i've been practicing an eight foot six rope and still struggling with that shorter rope so i went with my nine foot rope and just smooth and easy on the dubs they felt great i actually never overwhelmed from a heart rate standpoint in this workout this was more about controlling fatigue in my shoulders like I said earlier, on the handstand push-ups, I had a plan to go 5-5-5-5. Five, 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 five. And once I got to 15, I just felt that that sensation. Like, huh, these shoulders are getting tired. Let's go ahead and go 3-2 before I make a decision in the in mid-handstand push-up. So I decided before I kicked up, I was only going to do three, finish off those two. And the 185 felt uh, tired on the first couple. I took a step on the first one and then dialed it in. And I powered all of them. I... Just, I'm just a guy can power snatch 185 now. This is a new thing for me within the last year. This is just now I power snatch 185. Got through that second round and I had about a minute and a half, maybe a little bit less. I probably fussed around putting a belt on for 15 seconds when you're trying to get a belt around your sweaty torso. Just a mess. But I was breathing heavy. Everything was fatigued. I deadlifted aggressively deadlifted the first snatch, which was a, I was shocked at how heavy it felt. I knew it was going to feel heavy, but I was really shocked. I took another attempt that was not close. And my final attempt was, it had potential. It had potential. But that is my max. I've hit 225 <laughs> pounds precisely three times in my life and never under that much fatigue. But I had right. the, I had all of the ingredients. You were asking a lot. I, yeah. I had a cheering crowd. I had a ton of adrenaline. I had a great feeling. I had a good bar, a, a bar I was comfortable with. But I just didn't have the overall strength to do it. And 
honestly, when I look at my leaderboard, and there were guys I thought, oh, he'll for sure hit 225. Oh, he'll sure, for sure. And none of the guys I predicted would hit 225. So it made me feel better knowing that this was a very significant challenge to hit that weight in my age group. And to the guys that did hit that in my age group, you are monsters. True human specimens yeah. of amazingness. Props. props. Serious props. Now, I think I'm sitting in sixth. We'll see how the leaderboard actually shakes out when it's all verified. I've always been in the past couple of years somewhere in that top 10. Rick, you tied, you got second place at the games last year, but you were not in the top 10 in the Open last year. No, way back. I was in the 60s to finish the Open. Three scores, and that second workout wasn't very good for me with the deadlifts and the burpees over the bar. But it just shows you that quarterfinals and semifinals, how much that can shake up, shake up the leaderboard for both men and women as we go forward. In such a big way. I, in the first two years I qualified for the Games, I've been there four times. The first two years, I may have been top 50 in the open the last two years i've done a little bit better in the open but then yeah it's the additional qualifiers really shake things up and again we only needed to get top 10 percent through the open and be healthy to head into quarterfinals but you shared a little bit about some stats between where people were in the open versus the people who qualified for the games last year. What did you find? And just i know you just took a quick look but what did you find in your research on that it just looked at 45 to 49 men and women and 50 to 54 men and women. And it was just last year's, if you were in the top 10 in the open uh, for the women, you it was a much higher percentage of ladies that then qualified onto the games. In fact, it was, I think it was seven out of the 10 in the open and the 50 to 54 were at the games and five in the 45 to 49 a very good predictor. That's the top of the uh, top of the stack, and they continued their success through the next two successive stages. For the men, it was a very different story, and just those age categories. And I, it was interesting enough that I'd like to go back and look at the other age categories and just see does that hold true. For the men, it was three in your age group that went to the games after finishing in the top ten in the open, and in the fifty to fifty four it was only two. So a lot more shakeup. And again, I think that's what is going to many men into quarterfinals just to throw their hat in the ring and say, hey, you know what? Let's see what these next four or five workouts are going to be. What movements might fit me better? And you never know. So I'd like to go back and look more at that. I just thought it was really telling. I think it's interesting because it is on the is a slight predictor of where people will be heading into the cream rises to the top. That whole thing is great. But if you made it to quarterfinals and you'll get an official clearance, you get an official registration invite on March 20th, according to the game's website, but the deck is cleared. You, there is, we're all starting mm-hmm. from scratch, moving Absolutely. into quarterfinals, which is both a relief and a brand new stressor because now we are now battling the top 10% only. And the quarterfinals, last year, they, we started out or at least I know that a lot of them, they released five workouts, I think, last year. But one of them was the CrossFit total. So you can have some really interesting scores come in from one rep maxes. And then the other workouts did test a lot of other areas of fitness. But there is no guarantee. And I'll tell you, that is a significant amount of anxiety or stress for me, knowing that sixth in the open or whatever I got, that's great. It's really cute, but it doesn't matter. What matters is what's coming in quarterfinals. Yep. And then if you get through quarterfinals in that top 30, 
your the slate is cleared off again and you all go into semifinals with a clear deck like we got to start over again and that's both start over again again it's with a one in three chance yep the stress level three chance feeling my heart rate i should i'm my watch is charging but i could look if i i feel it i feel i'm in the hundreds right now in my heart rate i'm gonna calm it down i'm zone two training right now while we're literally talking about this well before before your heart rate comes down though i would like to tell you though to remind you that when this episode's out, we'll have 24 days before the quarterfinals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. yeah, now I, I actually, thought it was longer. It is so, not. It's so short turnaround. It's such a fast turnaround. So 24 days from mm-hmm. tomorrow when this comes March, out. And then March semifinals 31st. is a month after that. So correct quarterfinals is a two-day competition, according to the CrossFit, CrossFit Games website. It starts, I believe, on March 31st. Is that correct? Yeah, March 31st, 12 p.m. Pacific time. That's a Friday. The You're going to get a number of workouts. And the way the, the rule book reads is the exact tests that will be need to be performed within each window will be released once the competition begins. So they're not telling you other than March 31st at noon Pacific time, you're going to get them. And then you're going to have from that Friday at noon Pacific time, Till Saturday, April 1st at noon Pacific time to do how many ever they tell you one, two, or three, submit your scores with your videos. And then you'll have the second window from that midday Saturday Pacific time to midday Sunday to do how many ever are left. Wow. It's tight. Yep. But there isn't a lot of wiggle room and probably not a lot of time to, to gain things based on what you want to feel freshest to do first a little bit different this year and that that's fine we'll dig more into that over the next week or two for sure and right. talk about our preferences our thoughts our experiences having both been through quarterfinals a couple of times now so i'm excited to talk about that with you next week i think we'll also tease this idea i think one of the things we want to talk about as well for those that have completed their crossfit game season and the open is the the end for them. What do you do now if you want to be competitive in this sport and you like how you did in the open, you're satisfied, but you're looking to really move into the future and make it to quarterfinals next year. So what do you do now with this with this done? What does the offseason look like? So we'll talk about that in coming episodes as well. We were going to talk about that tonight, but again, there's just so much to cover that, that we wanted to tease that out there. Absolutely. We did throw out to yeah. Instagram today questions from listeners, and we got a bunch of responses from listeners that they, there's just so many, and we'll save these and we'll cover them. There's, there's two questions I want to actually cover. First of all, I have this. I have a good friend. His name's Ian Coach, and he hit a 185-pound snatch for the first time in this test. This is not an actual question. I just he asked if I would give him a shout out, and Ian, here is your shout out. Well done, my friend. I'm really proud of you. Very nice. The, what are the, the question? Congrats, Ian. <laughs> it's huge, man. So I wanted to do that, and the question that we selected for this week, and again, we'll. We got a bunch of questions. We'll bring these up every week, and we'll also solicit for more questions. But Kevin McAdams, he asks, how do you stay motivated for competitions or the Open year after year? Rick, what what do you do to stay motivated? You've done this more years than I have, and you're just as passionate still. How do you stay that way? A little bit of crazy. <laughs> no, that's what I think some of my non-CrossFit friends might say. But no, I... Because this sport has, you really have to learn 
literally to walk before you run in this sport. What motivated me each year before I cared about the leaderboard, before I cared about what the next stage was, because there was no next stage for me. It was continuous improvement. And it's just a matter of, all right, I tried something. How did it feel? Was it close to being what I envisioned the movement was supposed to be? Each year as we got further along and the movements kept coming up and you're working with the right coaches and the right trainers and you're curious about improvement, and that kept me going. And then that is just a bunch of building blocks on top of each other that has led to success and knock on wood with health. Everybody's had bumps, bruises, and breaks along the way, dents and dings. But as long as you've stayed healthy enough to keep trying to push yourself to that's been my biggest motivator year after year. For me, staying motivated prior to qualifying for the games in 2018, I'm by nature a very competitive person. And I always find myself feeling very confused when others are absolutely crushing me, when I feel like I'm doing the work and people are crushing me. So this that competitive drive was the thing that kept me motivated in those years, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. It was just trying to keep pushing to get as good as I can be and then when I went to the games in 2018, and I, for lack of better words, like I tasted blood in the water. I, that's a terrible analogy. It's a good analogy, maybe. It, it wet my appetite. I was like, oh my, I love this. I want to do this again. I, if I could get to the games again, not only was one time great, I would really like to get here again and stand on the podium. The first time I went to the games, I took fourth. I didn't get to stand on the podium. And then there was a failed drug test in that age group. And so technically, I ended up in third place six months after the fact. But I didn't get to stand on the podium. So the next year, if I could just stand on that podium. So that motivated me that year to just be able to get on the podium. I was lucky enough to make it on top of that podium, which was more than good enough. And then, Rick, in my insanity... 2020 was a wash, but when we ended up in 2021 back at the games, there's just this relentlessness in me. Like, I'd really like to do that again. That was really fun. I want to do it again. And then after doing it twice, shoot, now I've got a pattern. Let's see. If, now I got to see if I can do it again. And the run, <laughs> the pressure's on. The run will will inevitably come to an end, and as everything, as all things do. And so I'm. I am, but I'm a motivated person. I will find reasons to continue to do this. The reason that I spent two hours outside of my RV this afternoon in the dust and the pollen in the Alabama wilderness where I'm at right now is because I want to do great in this sport. And having been there and and, and done, that's been that motivating factor for me. But Kevin McAdams, thank you for that question. It's it, There are times when Excellent. It's, Excellent. it's just... It's brutal. And I know, Rick, you train early mornings in Cleveland, that there's some cold mornings for you to train. Mm -hmm. You do it. Cold and dark. <laughs> Gross. I hope, a lot of, I hope a lot of listeners understand that and can relate. That's all I have to say. Now, now at least when we're walking out, the sun is up. It is. You get a full training so session and the sun is out. I'm getting, um, there's light at the end of the tunnel, literally. <laughs> Rick, pick of the week. What is a pick of the week that you have for us? Oh boy, I wish they were a sponsor, but they're not. Or I should say not yet. Free Sleeve. If you're familiar with that brand, they're usually at a lot of events in the CrossFit space. It's the the knee, elbow, ankle. They have ingenious sleeves that you just throw in the in the freezer. And I'll tell you what, my my one knee has just been giving me fits. I love that thing. And I'm coming back after runs or anything like that, I will just sit 
at my desk. I had that sleeve on my knee. It helps elbows. Fantastic. And I would, I am a big proponent of that brand. I haven't found any other type of ice bag, frozen vegetables, whatever. Nothing seems to have the cold around mm. your joint as well as free sleeve does. Mm. So Ve I just wish it'd stay colder longer. I agree. I have free <laughs> sleeves and I love them. Dude, as soon as it starts to warm up, there's just a slight sadness that creeps into your body. Oh, that felt so good. I just wish yeah. this would last oh, for God, hours. Don't put it back <laughs> in the freezer. <laughs> exactly. My pick of the week is a podcast I listened to in the last week. It's a long form podcast. If you haven't heard of the Andrew Huberman podcast, if I'm saying his name correctly, it's a great podcast. He's a very long form scientific podcast, but most of most of his podcasts are for athletes or for general health. I think they're all for athletes, but it's for general health. And he did this latest podcast on breath or breath work or breathing. And it's consistent with a book called breathe that I read a couple of years ago, the findings in this about how we breathe, whether we're mouth breathers, nasal breathers, how to control our breath, how to control our sympathetic and other nervous systems, which he'll get all into with our breath is really fascinating. And I use a lot of breath work in my training. I use breath work in competition. I use breath work outside of all of that, where I'm doing some breath work in order to calm down or doing some breath work in order to actually stimulate my central nervous system. Really interesting stuff. And it's all just a big management of carbon dioxide, which is fascinating. So if you have a chance and are training for two hours, just head to Spotify or YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts and listen to the Andrew Huberman podcast on breath work. It's a fascinating listen. So it is long. And if you listen at 1.2, 1.3 speed, you can really zip through it. It's it, That's the way I listen to all my podcasts. Rick, as always, it's been great to chat with you. I enjoy this because we get to do this together and get to keep up with each other week after week. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely do. Yeah. Awesome. And to say that we have a lot to talk about. Yeah. Sometimes people will tell us to shut up. Yeah, we could do, we could keep going. For we a and to be honest, we keep an eye on the time and we try to keep these to thirty five to forty minutes. And we are at the thirty eight or thirty nine minute mark right now. With that said, thanks for tuning in to Masters in Motion, where we help you embrace your potential for remarkable fitness at any age. If you found this episode helpful, we'd be truly grateful if you could take a moment to leave us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, as many of you already have, or your preferred podcast app. Your support helps us reach more listeners and grow the community. Until next time, get bolder, not older.